Welcome back to Everything is Upside Down. Let the carnage and the chaos continue. Another top five team goes down. Big L, rest in peace. You know, we're not, you know, we're not going to you know, blame the officials or anything like that. I don't even want to be around anymore. The great dad fans back in the stands. The energy in here is amazing. It feels so good. I don't want to be around anymore. Oh, boy. That is not going to make Tom Izzo happy at all. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Spartan Crazies. Uh, dealing with some losses, I guess, for the first time in a while. Uh, MSU loses to Kansas in the Champions Classic. And I guess not. I guess we aren't very surprised that they lost. Uh, kind of disappointed at how big of a difference the score was. But uh, And uh, we're going to talk the Maryland game coming up on Saturday. And, yeah, uh, Tim, you want to go ahead and start talk about the Kansas game? Go ahead. Okay. So, Spartans start off 0-1. Raj and I, we predicted this. It's not, you know, the world's biggest um, surprise. But, you know, I kind of think it's funny how I summoned the the guys who did well to do well. I mean, if there was some per- person we had to pick who was going to be that guy who went off, I said it was going to be a Baji. Dude has like a – I mean, he's – that just vaulted him into All-American status. Now, he looked incredible, super um, well-rounded. He was defensive. He was uh, dunking. He was um, hitting shots. I mean, this guy was everywhere. Uh Remy Martin, quiet first half, scores 15 in the second. I mean, he was blown by some of our guys on the perimeter. He hit that long three. Um, and then, you know, McCormick actually had a quiet night. He had 10 points. Um, and is it two rebounds? Wow, that's kind of surprising. Um, but, you know, I thought one of the keys of the game was Marcus Bingham versus McCormick. And honestly, Bingham got the better of that uh that matchup they both had 10 points okay McCormick plays just a couple more minutes than Bingham but Bingham ends with seven rebounds and assist two blocks a steal you know he he had an awesome night if there was one silver lining from this game it was Marcus Bingham in my opinion and then we'll talk about Hogard but you know when we went we watched the exhibitions there was one you know thing that I think everyone was thinking you know, the front court still looks suspect. Back court, you know, reasons to be excited. But you know, Marcus Bingham, he showcased a lot of different uh, skills. He had like a, a pretty hook that he scored on. He had a cool little um, reverse underneath the basket that he scored on. You know, he was obviously defensively doing just fine against McCormick. Um, and... I think the only really drawback is that he takes three three-point attempts and he misses all three. They weren't like crazy bricks um, from what I remember. Ryan and I watched the game together. Um, so it's like he, he could end up making them, but at this point, as it stands, he's one for eight on the season if we're counting the exhibitions. That percentage is not good. I don't have it off the top of my head, but just, you know, you can do the math. One for eight, not good. And it worries me. If this keeps happening, um, you know, that's going to have an impact on their um, offensive efficiency, um, their offense in general, because he's getting left open on purpose. And he says, oh, well, let me just take this shot. And it's not ending well. I mean, it's 
it could have a crazy flip and it, he might start hitting him, but you know, I'm worried about that specifically. Um, the performance from Michigan state was kind of disappointing in general. Uh, it's the first game of the season. They clearly have a lot to mesh together as time proceeds. They, you know, at certain points, the sets were just falling apart and you could give some credit to Kansas on that. Their defense was pretty solid. They were quicker. looked like they might've even been a little more fit. I don't, you know, that probably due to, they had smaller lineups out there than Michigan state. And, um, and Izzo even commented on that. The fact that Jalen Wilson was missing made them have to play smaller. And he said he thinks that that was probably, you know, that worked in their advantage because Michigan State just could not guard them on the perimeter. Remy Martin, he blew by Max Christie on one play like he wasn't even there. Um, I called out Gabe Brown versus Abaji. I didn't think that would go well, and you saw how it went. Um I mean, he might might as well not have even been there because this guy looked like the best player in the country. Um, I mean, Tyson Walker, you know, people are going to – you've already seen it. People are saying he's not good enough. Like, he hasn't even attempted a jump shot in the season. Kid was averaging like 19 points a game at Northeastern. You think that they were all layups? No. I mean, this this kid is trying to find his role. He's trying to run Izzo's offense. But Izzo said it, you know, after every game so far, he'll come off a screen, be wide open, and still, you know, look for a pass. He's forcing that part. And you can tell he's thinking too much. He's He needs to let the game come to him. When he has open shots, he needs to take them. He's not. And um, I really, like, when they play Western, I really am curious to see how I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind Izzo is going to make sure that he takes a jump shot in this game. And if he doesn't, then I will be officially concerned. Now, um, Hogard, the guy who comes in in place of Walker, and we should note that Walker got in foul trouble early. He, he really likes to gamble for steals. I think he got you know, unlucky on a couple of calls. But Hogard comes in has a really nice game. He's the leading scorer, 17 points. He made a three. He only attempted two. Um, <laughs> and then he misses both of his free throws, which is, you know, that's a hot and cold thing. Um, you know, he was really a bright spot. You could tell that he's he's really pushing the bill. He's finishing with contact into people. Um, and that's good to see. Of course, you want both of your point guards that get you know, time on the court, you want both of them uh, to be good, to play well. And actually they played together for a little bit at a time there, which you will see throughout the course of the season, I think, especially in smaller um, matchups like last night. But um, the one thing with Hogard and, and not to take away from his performance, because it was impressive and it was, you know, a, a bright light in the game that was otherwise dim, but the offense doesn't really move when Hogard is in. They are disjointed um, sets. He's not really finding. Now I, I, I don't want to say he's not finding shooters because he did find Max Christie um, at least once that I can remember. It's that when all else fails and they really don't know what to do, 
Hogarth just kind of like drives in and he was getting buckets that way. That's a good thing. But I honestly think that Walker is, is going to be the guy that facilitates better. I think that off of ball screens, when he's going to, you know, finally become comfortable because the, the kid is a great shooter. He's not shooting at all. That takes away a whole dimension of his game. Um, I think that he's going to be the better facilitator for the team, finding shooters. And, you know, last night, it's just a really tough night. Biggest stage he's ever played on, played in. Um, you know, I was – the stat sheet doesn't do him any justice, Tyson Walker. Izzo gets teched up for a play where Walker gets blocked on his way to the hoop. The guy gets – contact before the ball i mean it's clear as day uh, i'm sure you remember the play where i'm talking about ryan he hits him body first and sure if you want to call it a block and you know let the guys play sure but there was a call in the first half that was exactly like that if anything less contact to the body where gabe brown got called for a foul and he had i mean it was a clean clean block and they're calling one against and don't don't get this wrong. We're not complaining. It wasn't the ref's fault that this happened. But the reason Izzo got teched was he's like, hey, you called that on Gabe in the first half, and now that same play, we're not calling a foul? What's what's that? So Walker should have been going for free throws there, I think. There was a lot of balls that he was getting his hands on, really disrupting things, that Kansas ended up getting that 50-50. And that was, you know – Ryan's probably just shaking his head right now as I talk. Kansas was getting all of the 50 50s. Oh, yeah. Every ball that was loose ended up their way. The one where he, the, guy, the ball is going out of bounds, guy throws it back, you know, has no idea where it's going. Perfect bounce pass in for a layup. I mean, <laughs> like everything was just going their way. And I would say when everything's going your way in 50 50s, that's not a coincidence. I don't think you get that lucky. I think that Kansas is a little more confident. I think that they could sense um, the sort of like the lack of cohesion in MSU and that they knew what their game plan was better or sorry, they knew their game plan better than Michigan State's. And I think you could tell when, in their confidence of the way they moved the ball, um, the way that they executed all of these things was just far more convincing Um in the end, Kansas ends up with 87 points. That's, you know, basically a failure on the defensive end for Michigan State. Um, Michigan State shoots 35% from three. Not really tremendous. But again, you know, Marcus Bingham is throwing these stats off because he's going over, you know. and he, There's two guys that took more threes than Marcus Bingham. Take a guess who they are. Maybe uh, Gabe Brown was probably one, and uh, Hogard was the second. Max Christie, which okay. two guys you would expect to shoot, right? Those are right. you want them to shoot, and they shot fine. They they were good from three. Gabe forty percent, Max Christie fifty percent. Technically, um, you you can't have essentially the worst three point shooter in the starting lineup, you know, shooting that much. And they're going to address it. And Izzo, he's been saying, you know, if he gets a good shot and he gets his, gets his feet planted, he wants them to take him. But I watched the uh, postgame, 
And uh, I think he might be walking back that take a little bit. I think they're going to maybe limit it. Like, you can take one or two a game. But that's it. You know, if you're wide open, don't take it every time, which is pretty much what happened. And you remember the one where he was wide open. He looked around for a pass. and He's like, oh, I guess I'll shoot it. It's never great as a shooter if your second option was to shoot and your mindset wasn't on shooting. It's just not – it's just the human brain. It's not going to be as fluid as, you know, you would want for shooting, especially from a guy who isn't shooting very well yet or ever in his career so far, um, jump shooting that is. Um, so, you know, the shooting wasn't great. Max Christie really struggled. He went one for six from the floor. He, he was two for four from three. But, you know, he got good looks. And those are going to eventually start dropping. And, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Kansas. I was actually pretty impressed with them. I know a lot of people are saying they were um, – what's the word I'm looking for? They were they were down a guy. I'm, the term is slipping my mind. They were um, shorthanded, sorry. Uh, I honestly think that this ended up being a better match. Yeah, they could have used Jalen Wilson, but – this ended up being a perfectly good matchup for them. And they have a deep bench. Um, but, you know, it came down to uh, execution. Came down to, um, I would say, confidence, ex- uh, experience in the system. We talk about Gabe is a senior, right? Joey Hauser technically could be a senior. Um, Walker Jr., Bingham Sr. How much of these guys played together Um with each other, right? It's like none. And so, yes, you know, they're experienced, but not together. And the guy who's running the ship sometimes as, uh, he, he's got to learn a lot under, um, like in the Izzo offensive set. Uh, it just, it didn't look great, but honestly, you know, I've said all the negatives, I feel very good about how this game went in terms of there's so many things that they can improve on. It's not like we've seen the best of them and that's what we've got. This team has so much room to grow. They played a team that I absolutely think can be in the final four, maybe will be in the final four. And there's no doubt about it. Kansas was better and Almost all of the ways, aside from maybe rebounding, which, you know, Michigan State did out-rebound them 37-30. to 30. So, you know, that's something that Izzo focuses on. That's good to see because, you know, more um, more possessions for your team. We out-rebounded them on the offensive boards by three. Uh, but all the other ways, you know, it it was not good. And there were so many times – where a set just fell apart and I'm, and I was just, well, this doesn't even matter if they get a bucket. It was, you know, some individual sort of um, talent that earned that, but you're not going to beat Kansas off of individual plays repeatedly, especially when they've got better individuals, at least in that game. Um, it was a uh, very sloppy, very messy, but I recall back to can um, the last time they played Kansas in the Champions Classic, four years ago, 
Cassius Winston's junior year. You remember what happened in Cassius Winston's junior year? They got blown right? out. They got blown out by Kansas. No, they did. It was bad the first half, and then they made a deep like a a run to bring it back in the second. And you know that kind of gave you a little bit of hope, like, hey, okay, this team fought. They didn't give up. You know, there's some things to work on. It did not look good, and that team ended up a lot different because Nick Ward was a big part of that game, and he ended up being a you know, behind Tillman by the end of the season. But, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case here where one of the starters isn't the starter by the end of the season. But what I do know is you have not seen even close to the best of Michigan State. I know it's a very common stereotype, but Izzo is a Hall of Famer for a reason. He develops these teams. He, you know, they get better as time goes on. How many times have we seen it? It's not just some old trope. He does it cyclically um i think that on a night where it felt like we uh msu couldn't hit a thing they shot 35 percent from three playing a extremely um experienced kansas team well coached i'm telling you they're gonna this isn't some like we where we beat duke last year and it ended up duke was no good kansas is legit like they've got a guy who could go for um First-team All-American, maybe even player of the year. Um, you know, they've got a bench. They, and their best player isn't even the guy who's picked Big 12 player preseason player of the year. Um, they're not going to be playing Kansas every night, okay? They're not going to be playing this super experienced, um, disciplined uh, backcourt that plays pretty good defense as far as I could see. Um, every single night, okay? Now, the Big Ten is good, and they're going to play some very good teams, very experienced, and sure, there might be some hiccups along the way. And I'm not saying this is going to be the Cassius Winston junior year type season, but what I see is so much room for them to grow, and not like the ceiling is right above their heads of what they performed last night. Um, Max Christie kind of a, a ghost out there and that's to be expected and he's in madison square garden for his first real game against some men he looked like a boy i mean in a lot of ways he looked like a boy amongst men and he's gonna just get better and better this is a growing experience for him tyson walker he's gonna start shooting okay it's just no way he doesn't that's period marcus bingham was sort of a star and if he plays with that sort of um confidence going forward Ah, man, I'm excited for that. And then the two top scorers didn't even start for Michigan State. I mean, there's a lot I see that I think, wow, this could this could go well. Now, I think Joey Hauser is a bit of a pedestrian. He's had time to be here and play. Um, you just want to see a little more out of him. Um, rebounding was pretty good, though. I saw him get a couple of big boards. One for three from three. They really need more from him in that regard. Not like he just needs to hit a lot of threes, but it's just got to be a little bit better. Um, and then free throw shooting. Everybody's always going to talk about the turnovers and the free throw shooting. And I haven't even mentioned turnovers because it's kind of to be expected at this point. But um, Izzo has repeatedly um, just been adamant that his team is a better free throw shooting team than this. He said, I've got the stats from the summer to prove it. Uh, Matt Norlander of CBS, he walked with Izzo to the bus, 
and he said that it was a different Izzo than what he's used to. He said often he'll get off the record um, sobered up Izzo where he kind of laments um, in ways that you might not get in front of a you know press room. But he said that this was not the type of Izzo he saw last night. He said he got the he put as he put the Bill Self version of Izzo that he's not worried. His team is better than this. They're going to improve. And one thing he mentioned is my team's going to be a damn good free throw shooting team. Now, is this frustration speaking? Who knows? But he mentioned that sometimes these Hall of Fame coaches, they just have a, a feeling because they've been there so long when they know they've got something. And, um, you know, did he did Norlander say that that was the case? No. But he said it could be. And honestly, I think we have just seen the very depths of what this team can bring. I, I do not believe we saw even a 50% best of Michigan State last night. And so if they never reach the 100%, oh well. But you got to feel optimistic that they sort of hung in with a very good team. And I'm going to keep saying, I don't care if they were missing Jalen Wilson. That team's going to win a ton of games. Um, and they did not play well at all. I think that I honestly walked away saying, wish we would have won. I wish it wasn't sort of a, in quote, blowout. Because I wouldn't call it a blowout, but it wasn't very close at the end. Um, I just think that they're going to be so much better in this. And I can see it so clearly. It's not optimism just blindly. I can see this team, once they start clicking, once they know the sets they're supposed to run, when those sets will work, what, who's the go-to guy, I honestly just feel very good about where they could end up. Now, I know I've talked a lot, Ryan. You were with me. What do you think about last night? Yeah, I want Marcus Bingham to get more minutes, first of all. He only played 18, uh, and I thought he was by far the most effective player on the floor yesterday. Um. Yeah, I Tyson Walker. I, I doubt he'll play that bad all year. Um, not that worried about that. Julius Marble was actually really good offense. Uh, defensively, obviously, he has his issues, but on the offensive side of the ball, he's very good. Um, Hogard surprised me. Seven of eleven from two, one of two from three. Uh, Gabe Brown, who I thought played. Pretty good on the offensive end. Obviously struggled defensively because he was honestly overmatched, like you said. Um, I don't know. I'm not – I don't take a lot of, out of this game. It's a November basketball game. Um, I kind of learned over the last 15 or so years of watching a lot of MSU basketball not to take much out of November games. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I think. Um, that's a – that's a very wise response because, um, I mean, how many times have we do people get all up in arms about some, you know, what some team that's performing well in November and and that flips <laughs> significantly? I mean, hell, look at last year. MSU started out like exactly. what, ten and zero, and they were terrible. It was six year. and zero, but let's just go with ten and zero. <laughs> no, no, you. I was actually about to make that exact point that. Well, look how excited we were. Do you want to leave the game with the win? Yeah. But 
I think that last year what happened was we saw the best of Michigan State against some lesser, you know, I say lesser as in they weren't as good as usual type teams. Um, we did not see even close to that. And they can be so much better. And and they won't be playing Kansas every night. They just aren't going to be. First night, Madison Square Garden, you know who's watching. Everybody. It's, um, you know, there's these are kids. You, you've got to think that this is on their mind. you got to think that they're thinking, man, what if I, you know, when Malik tried to dunk on McCormick, <laughs> you know, he's, that's going to be cool on SportsCenter. Probably not as he's going up for it, but these sort of thoughts happen. And it, it was just a very disjointed performance. We didn't talk about Sissoko. He only played for two minutes. Aikens just, he didn't have a great showing. But, he was out there. I mean, he didn't really yeah. do much. He had some some rebounds. He was going for them, which is good to see that he's at least doing some of the things that he's being asked, right? He knows that he could make an impact in some way. But, you know, these are this is his first game as a Spartan, and you saw that the freshmen struggled. You saw Tyson Walker struggled. Um, they're so much better that – this team could be so much better. And the fact that Marcus Bingham was that good, I just don't see how we can't see a lot more of this from him. I don't see how this is some sort of anomaly. I remember when MSU, I can't, who did they play? Maybe Kentucky in the Champions Classic. And Bingham was like the only one who, you know, he sort of played well if you looked at the, the box score. They were all like open dunks that he can make in his sleep. Marcus Bingham was a real player out there out there last night. I mean, he was causing issues defensively. Um, they're always thinking about his length. Every time that, that McCormick or whoever had the ball in the post thinking, I've got to get over this guy's arms that are freaking long as heck. And that, you know, affects the way um, – guys execute that affects the speed at which they play and even if they got the shot off over him you know they're missing a lot of them McCormick goes four for 11 now he's not gonna light the world on fire McCormick but that's a good player and Marcus Bingham looks extremely confident he looked like he was having fun I mean I was you were with me Ryan I was pumped about his performance just the threes you know I some something's gotta give there Either he keeps missing them and they stop him, or he starts to make them. It's it's got to be one or the other. Um, so I think we've really touched on on all of this. Michigan State, they're going to play Western Michigan at home on Friday. And uh, let's see, when is that game? Do you know? Six thirty Friday night. So. So basically, Western's not very good. Ken, um, Ken Palm has them as the 315th best team in the in the nation. That's pretty bad. That's very bad. Now it's preseason Ken Palm, but this is going to be a win. It's going to be a big win. Um, so we're not going to go into talk about who their, you know, players are, their starters. Just know if they lose this game. There are some real issues. Yeah. Uh, I would bet 
everything that I've ever owned that Michigan State wins on Friday. Um, so what I'm looking for is some of the the things that need to happen as the season go on to to start um, unfolding. One being Tyson Walker has got to start taking jump shots. He's got to because that is going to change the team as we know it. It He is a guy who can score. He's just not trying yet, and I can understand why. He's trying to find his place. He's at a much bigger school. Um, the light's got to be brighter, and uh, I, you've just not even seen the be- like close to the best of Walker. I want to see him take some jump shots against Western. Period. That if he doesn't, then then I'll be uh, scratching my head. Another would be um, I want to see Bingham back this up. I want to see him perform in a similar, um, similarly impactful way. Uh, you know where he's getting steals, he's getting blocks, he's getting points, and hopefully not going over from beyond the three. Um, I want to see a little more out of Joey Hauser. He's just just very quiet and you want this kid to make some sort of impact. It looks like the same Joey Hauser so far, as far as I'm concerned. And then um, the rest, you know, I would just like the, the guys to be consistent. Um, it's hard against a team like Western. You're going to see the Gabe Browns and the Max Christie's go off because they're going to be playing slightly smaller guys. They're going to be at home. They're going to be more, um, they're going to be more confident. That's great when they perform well against them. It's great. But we want them to perform that way all season. And, uh, you know, they just weren't good enough at all, uh, defensively, offensively against Kansas. And you just want to see them grow together, find some cohesion, some ball movement. Man, the ball was not moving at all last night, and that's an issue. Um, so – just look for some of these things against Western. You want the team to shoot well also. They had to settle for some long twos against Kansas, and they weren't that successful. Um, you would like to see better shots against Western Michigan because they're going to be able to get those. You know, open threes, uh, shots in the post, wide open shots from, like, the free throw line, that type of stuff. Not contested fadeaways you know, long twos. That's even if you make it, it's not a good shot. So they really need to, to, to beat up on Western, gain some confidence because then they're headed into Hinkle Fieldhouse next week. And, um, now is what is Butler going to be, you know, Kansas, not at all, but that's going to be in a raucous environment. And it's a, power six team so we'll talk about that when it gets there but basketball team honestly i think you should feel very optimistic i think that there's so many ways that this team can get better and this is game one against a team that very well could be cutting down the nets truly and i'm not just saying that because we lost and they look good i think that they've got everything and self yeah he kind of underperforms at least in the last 10 years in the tournament. I mean, how many times has it been in the final four? Like once or twice? Like once. Once. And I know <laughs> once or twice to the final four in the last 10 years. I, it's just with the teams he's had, you would expect more. And 
I, I really like this team. I don't see a lot of holes. Um, and I think that that's a pretty damn good team. One of the best teams they'll play all season for sure. Who looked like they had no um, issues starting off theirs. It didn't look like they were um, scared by this. Maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, but it looked like they were pretty comfortable in lots what of, they were uh, asking. Lots of older players on that team. Right, who know what they're supposed to do. Their ball movement was far superior to Michigan State's, and that's an issue for Michigan State right now. Their point guards have to start moving the ball better, um, and that starts with um, Tyson Walker. He, he, he's you got to give him, cut him some slack, but he's got to find his, his way. He's got to find his confidence, and once he does, I think you're going to start to really see this team flourish. But um, for now – it's a loss. They're 0-1. Expect to be 1-1 come Friday. And on Saturday, there's another home game. How about you tell us about that, Ryan? All right. So, obviously, MSU lost this past week, their first game of the season against Purdue. Uh, they have a game, which I think should be a bounce-back game against Maryland, who started out the year great as usual and then shit the bed. Um, they are 5-4, and 2-4 and four in the Big Ten. Their points for and points against in conference is pretty hilarious, actually. 119 to 234. To be fair, 120, about 120 of those points came in games against Iowa and Ohio State that they gave up. So, yeah, they have not been anybody that's any good this year. Um, they have a solid quarterback. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa, who's to his brother, um, he transferred from Alabama to Maryland. He's had, he's had a solid year. He's uh, 18 touchdowns, nine picks, uh, 2,755 yards. So he's pretty good. Best, uh, wide receiver, huge recruit, uh, I think two years ago, 37 uh, receptions, 533 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, they have uh, another pretty solid wide receiver, uh, Demas Jr. Uh, he's a senior, five, uh, 28 catches, 507 yards. So those are their two top targets. Um, their running game is not very good. They average 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, their top uh, running running back is uh, – I'm trying to bring his name up. Uh, Teon uh, Fleet Davis, senior. Um, 87 rushes, 436 yards, five yards per carry, which is solid. But them as a team, not very good numbers. Um, Penny Boone, who some MSU fans might recognize uh, that name. He's from Detroit, played at MLK, uh, wound up at Maryland. MSU recruited him for a while, and then uh, he wound up at Maryland. Uh, he was recruited when D'Antonio was there. So, honestly – kind of feel like MSU should win this game pretty handily. Uh, we'll see uh, who's back this week with injuries. I'm not sure. Uh, there's rumors going around. I'm not going to really talk about it, but you can f- figure it out yourself. It's not very hard to find out. Um, that some guys aren't going to be playing this week. Um, but, I mean, this is a game where Kenneth Walker should have a big game again. I would expect um, really not super 
nervous about this game. It's a 13-point spread for a reason. Maryland's not that good. They've not beaten anybody worth a damn. Uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker should have a big game. Not extremely worried about this game. Uh, big bounce back game for the Spartans, I think. And uh, that's pretty much all I got on Maryland. They're not that good. <laughs> Did you talk about the missing players for state? I'm not going to name names because people can figure out who it is if you really want to fi- figure it out. But I'm not going to spread rumors, but uh, just take a look at who didn't play last week and you'll figure it out. Not very hard. Well, how about we give a position group at least? Guys, and somebody on the offensive line. Okay. And Naylor still out, correct? He is out. He's out. Uh, there's a big a big time uh, a guy who's played a lot of TV who might be out. Um yeah, so just uh, don't be surprised if you see some guys out this week that uh, you might might have thought we're gonna play. Now, last week, and I'm I'm being genuine here. A lot of people are saying Tua's little brother gonna throw for a thousand on us or something. He's like, gonna. They're gonna. Their offense is gonna move the ball. Their offense is gonna move the ball. They're gonna be able to throw because MSU secondary. Let's just be real. Their corners aren't that great. Um, Raheem Jarrett should have a big game. Uh. But I think MSU's defense is going to get enough stops here. Uh, I mean, I, MSU's offense is going to move the ball enough. And I think that MSU – that that uh, Maryland's offense isn't really built to move the ball in the red zone. But I also said that about Purdue. So um, – and Purdue was able to do that and just exploit MSU. So I, I don't think that Maryland's as good as Purdue is. Um, but I think that MSU should be able to win this game pretty okay. handily, honestly. Yeah, I think – I trust your judgment, and I do think in the home factor has got to help at least. But um, I am curious to see how that secondary really um, responds. And I mean, I, I hope mean, they don't give up 500 passing yards again. That would be ideal. Well, it to me again, I'm casual compared to you, but it felt like Purdue didn't even run at all. Like. No, just they nothing. didn't. That they had, I think they had like forty rushing yards or something. They just threw the ball the entire game. Now, is the Tagovailoa quarterback is he efficient enough to just throw an entire game, or do you think that would go pretty? Poorly? Yeah, I mean, they that, that seems like that's what they've been doing most of the year. To be honest with you, because their running game isn't that good. They average three point four yards a carry. I mean, those aren't very good numbers. So I would expect them to just throw the ball a ton and hope that they can exploit MSU's corners like what happened last week with Purdue. I would assume that will be their game plan. Now, but if MSU is losing, you know, at some point in the game, what do you think that that's the obvious reason yeah, I think to point to? I think it's because Tua Tagovailoa is having a big game. I think that's pretty simple. If he, if he, I think if if they're converting in the red zone, I mean that that's the key all year for teams mm-hmm. is that MSU has not been able to they haven't let that people people score touchdowns in the red zone other than that Purdue game all year. They've held people to field goals, um, and if MSU's doing that, they're going to win this game pretty easily. Uh, it's just a matter of being able to stop like it's a bend don't break defense, don't break this week like you did last week. I. Agree with you. I think it's going to be a little less comfort, like 
comfortable than how Ryan's <laughs> predicting. I hope I'm very wrong, but I do like fully expect an MSU win. Whereas last week, maybe I, maybe, I was not feeling good. Maybe, maybe maybe they keep it close for two and a half quarters, but I think MSU in the end is going to win out with talent and I, their their coaching is a thousand times better than Maryland's. <laughs> so fair enough. Um, okay, well. Ryan and I will be there tailgating, um, and as far as I'm concerned, or yeah, never lost a game. And Ryan and I have tailgated together, so this is there's true. a stat for you. There's this a stat. <laughs> we should get that a uh, Ryan and Tim tailgate watch. There you go. Um, all right. So hopefully, fingers crossed, but also expected heavily on the. Betting side, as far as Vegas is concerned, MSU going to have two wins this weekend. So that's not a bad weekend. Get off work, MSU basketball win, cross fingers. Go to sleep, MSU football win, cross fingers. Um, I'm really going to knock on wood after that one. Um, pretty, pretty good uh, weekend to look forward to. I hope it's a lot less stressful and we can really just enjoy it. Um, I'm pretty sure Friday night's going to be that in that manner. Okay. Now we just got to get to our picks, right? Right. All right. Ryan and I both went three and four last week. Uh, yeah, I, I, I forgot. I actually, let me, let me talk about one more thing. Okay, go ahead. I want to talk about, I want to talk about the playoff thing. Uh, Uh, first of all, first (laughs) of all, doing here yeah it doesn't matter in the long run because if you win out you're going to the playoff what in the hell are we doing here like I, I, there was they, they this committee doesn't know what they're doing um they, they they said they put uh Oregon ahead of Ohio State because Oregon beat them head to head Michigan State and Michigan have the same record Michigan State beat Michigan two weeks ago. Michigan State loses this weekend. They put Michigan. They have Michigan leapfrog Michigan State. What the hell are we doing here? Yeah, that is and what I, I want to know. I think people pointed that out, especially people in the media. And we've even got Joel Klatt the, on our side. dude. Joel you Klatt. Know, Joel Klatt <laughs> was defending Michigan State. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's you go better go down to hell and check the temperature because um, I think a lot of people noticed exactly what you just said and said, "Wait, what the heck?" Like that's doesn't make any sense at all and they have been getting ripped by a lot of people with blue check marks and you know what this is my opinion i actually i think maybe if it was basketball i'd feel a little differently i'm actually almost glad that this happened oh because, yeah yeah because michigan fans are literally celebrating as if <laughs> they actually won the game now like like they I'm... won the head i have seen people saying we would have won nine out of ten times anyway. Like, no, we no, basically no. won. <laughs> and that's, that's, hate, hate to break it to you, Michigan fans. That's not how that works. You, you, <laughs> and, have to, you have to actually win the game on the field to claim a win. I know that's breaking news to you guys, but that's how that works. They haven't changed, Ryan. You thought maybe this would be the break? Nope. No, no, nope, nothing's nope, ever nope. going to change with them. Nope, ever. It's a, it's a, it's an institutional cultural thing. It's never going to change. By it's the way, crazy. I'm sure that Mel Tucker, I, I'm sure that Mel Tucker is actually very happy about this because you know he's telling this team, look at what they did. Exactly. <laughs> look at what the committee did. This is only going <laughs> to. And Michigan. 
I have to think there's some weird messed up way of how they're, you know, using this as some sort of win validation. in their Val- yeah, Validation. Exactly. And I don't care because we've already played them on the field. That game's over. But this is only going to feed. It's not going to hurt MSU in any way. The, period. No, it doesn't in matter. no way it, does it hurt them. It doesn't and, matter because if because you win out, you go to the playoff. It's pretty simple. It's not. It's not some cut. It's it's cut and dry. Yeah. These don't. These playoff. These playoff rankings don't mean a thing right now. They really don't. They don't matter. Also, wanted to point this out. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of you know going on a tangent here, but uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh nine games nine nine days after this game decided to bitch about the officiating again, about a game that happened two weeks ago. Um, and uh, Mel Tucker basically, uh, he was asked about the Simeon Barrow targeting call. And uh, it was like, yeah, we don't, I mean, he, 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 it ex- I mean, he definitely complained about it. And uh, he said, yeah, we don't, we don't uh, talk about bad calls, you know, the media, we don't use it. We, we, I, I think that's what soft programs do. That was a shot at U of M and Harbaugh. There's no question in my mind about it. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Michigan fans aren't very happy about that. I'm sorry, dude. The dude is two and zero. He can say whatever the hell he wants. Um, pretty Correct. simple. He's not wrong. Nothing he said was wrong. They are a soft program. I know this game happened two weeks ago. Blah blah blah. Little brother bullcrap. I, I I don't care. We beat you. You guys can have your moral victories. We don't care. Go go ahead. We, we, we don't care. They basically won, Ryan. I mean, if you think about it, nine times out of ten, they would. So <laughs> you should just reverse the – I think that we should probably give them the win. So anyway. Yeah, and that's how, that's how that works. I mean, and, and their dark, twisted world, but, you know. I cannot imagine being one of those. I, oh, my Lord. Can you imagine would, the mental gymnastics those people go through? Oh my God, it's got to be very like hard actually to to go through that every day to to try to reconcile that in your brain to really believe it. But we don't have to talk about it anymore. It was really funny. Um, they've been getting louder about this game somehow. Like it's it's only turned up, I think. Um, and when they go to Ohio State, I'm not going to sit here and say. Like that game is already decided, but you know, if I was a betting man, well. I mean, you got the game this weekend, and we're gonna get to that in a little bit. That ain't no walk in the park either. So, correct. But yeah, they'll they'll get theirs, and they're gonna find out exactly where they were they are. And you know what? If Michigan wins out, then I think they deserve it because they're yep. they're gonna have to beat Ohio State and Penn State and some other school and. um I just don't think that's going to happen because Ohio State is one of those teams. And like Ryan said. Until they do it, I'm never going to believe it's going to happen. Right. Like they have and, to legitimately do it. I, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt for anything. I will not until they do it. And listen, so. man, we'll get to that when it comes. But you said it. There's a big game for them this weekend. I would consider Maryland a big game. I mean, this is. They gotta win this. You, you, you gotta win. If you win the rest of your games, you go to Indy. It's not exactly. very simple. Um, Michigan State still controls their own destiny. The two teams in the Big Ten East that control their own destiny are Michigan State and Ohio State. Yep. And right. Right those now, those are the only two ones that you could say. Um, so let's get to that. We're gonna talk about these picks. Um, 
we'll we'll do Michigan State last. Um, so first up, Michigan is now as we record and where we got the line from, and you know this varies a lot, but we're going to read it as Michigan is one and a half point favorites at Penn State, Happy Valley. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, they're doing a Penn State helmet. Yeah, so basically they're having like one. I think they're. They have it's all white except for like two sections of the stadium or something. Are like striped that. super with weird. Their, their navy like their helmets. So yes, it's like a semi white out, just kind of like a, a a different version. Which it'll still still probably be raucous. Um, usually is there. And uh, so, what do you think? One and a half point favorites. So on the road, Penn State's not ranked. And yeah, you have that crazy stat of Michigan like a win fifteen against like top fifteen teams or some shit in the last fifteen years on the road. Uh, but Michigan has they won at Happy Valley. They won at Happy Valley once under Harbaugh. That was the twenty fifteen game, and Penn State wasn't that good that year. Um, I I don't know, man. Penn State's not that great this year, but I think they're gonna pull a rabbit out of the hat here. Um. This is going to be an insane crowd. This is their big game like that, that they have left. I know they go to MSU, but this is their huge home game that they have left. I, I I'm going to take I'm going to, I'm going to take Penn State. I think they're going to win this game. I, I I'm picking them to cover and win straight out straight up. So Michigan State, or sorry, the when Michigan played Michigan State, it was the only really, I guess in quote, good team they had played all season. They were favored on the road. They didn't cover. They lost it outright. Now, Penn State, I would throw into the same category, good team, in quotes. Um, And I know (laughs) there's a lot of wiggle room there. But uh, their home dog, you know, that's something we like in this podcast. Now, it's only a point and a half. Is that something I would take the spread on? I'm not sure. Maybe outright would be a better odds um this one's really tough for me like i am about a a flip yeah dude it's 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 close but harbaugh road game against a team that's not bad i'm taking the home team all the time in that situation to be honest with you the only time that it's ever bit me in the ass is the wisconsin game this year wisconsin was playing like garbage when they played them you know what? I'm going to take Michigan because, like I said, it's a flip of a coin. Kind of want to differ with you. And I kind of just see this being another classic Michigan season where they lose to Ohio State and Michigan State. And those are their, their losses. Like, they, they beat the other teams. Not always Penn State, of course. But I feel like this is going to be one of those where they set themselves up for Ohio State and then just get molly um which is gonna happen by the way uh so i'm just gonna take them i have been betting on them a lot michigan um in real life and in on here and my record's been pretty good so let's just go with that um wisconsin 24 and a half point favorites over northwestern what do you think uh Northwestern's really bad. Wisconsin has turned their season around. I and somehow is inexplicably in the driver's seat to go to Indy again. 
I, I don't know how that happened, but God, the, the Big Ten West is god awful. My lord. Um, yeah, taking taking Northwestern to cover here, uh, to, but uh, only because of the how big the number is. I think it's gonna be like a three touchdown game. Oof. Uh, you know what? Wisconsin's been kind of rolling, right? I yeah, can see them well. just beating up on Northwestern again, who. Who I've been betting against constantly, so I'm just going to do that. It's a gigantic number, but I think that Wisconsin could win by 30. So, I don't know. It's really just off the cuff there. And you you took Northwestern, correct? Yes. All right, we've got Ohio State, 20-point favorites over Purdue. And this is in the shoe, correct? Yes. What do you think? Um... Man, this is a tough one. Honestly, I ought to pick Purdue to cover. They they tend to play Ohio State pretty tough. Um, I don't think they're gonna win, but I think they can keep it within two touchdowns. Yeah, I like this a lot. Purdue cover. Um, just because it's twenty. Um, it's not like Ohio State's been just blowing everyone's doors off. You know, every game. They have in some games, but just the cover. Obviously, I've got the Buckeyes to win. All right, Iowa five and a half point favorites against Minnesota, but this is is this in Minnesota? Is that Iowa? Oh, at Kinnick. Okay, um, five and a half. What do you think? Um, Minnesota just took a massive shit at home against Illinois. But I don't know what is up with these ranked teams just taking a dump at home to Illinois. Just inexplicably, I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes here to cover. Um, I don't know what's up with Minnesota, man. They have some really bad losses this year. Like they got, they lost to Bowling Green, who was terrible, and then they lost to Illinois at home last week, who also sucks. Um, Iowa, you know, they've fallen off, but they're home. They just got to win by a touchdown. That's what I'm going with. Also, also, uh, kind of a rivalry game. It is a trophy game, so something to keep in mind. Corn versus hockey stick. The uh, trophy blade <laughs> of Rosedale. It's a literal pig. Literal. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a literal okay. pig, as in a trophy, or it's a walking. Alive. It's a, okay. Like, like <laughs> a trophy. It's a trophy. It's, a, it's not. It's not. I can just see the teams like in a mud pit trying to catch a squealing pig. <laughs> I mean, would, would you? That would be a very. That would not be surprising with these two. Pigs, right. <laughs> All right. All right. Not actually, not a literal pig, but the trophy is a pig. <laughs> so yes. If, if there was ever a trophy game for state that was a pig, I'd just say, just <laughs> cut them off the schedule. I mean, dude, we've got a. Have you seen the Landgrant Trophy? What the what the yeah. no the what the hell is that thing? My well, there's God. a couple of weird ones I I realize now, but that is just funny. <laughs> Two very, in my opinion, white states <laughs> yes. over a pig trophy. I mean, come on. All right, um, now we get to Spartans. Thirteen points over Maryland. I think that's kind of a lot. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's a lot, but I think MSU is going to pull away at the end. I think they're going to win by two touchdowns, so give me Michigan State to cover. Hmm. MSU. Huh. This went so hard for me. 
they have been very good against the spread. 13 seems like just a different line, but people have been putting up mad points on Maryland, huh? Oh, yeah. God. All right. In real life, I'm staying away, but I'm going to take Spartans. I've seen a couple of, like, analytic predictors. They have MSU, MSU winning by 16. They, yeah, there's yeah. one that MSU by 16. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll go with that. Um, I don't know if I, I kind of mentioned we both went three and four last week. Ryan's at 36, two and 39. Really, you, it's because there's so few games to pick, you know, lately. I mean, we've got like five a week now. You really need to uh, make some ground up quickly. And then, you know, it's getting thinner for me. 44, 2, and 31. Still doing pretty well, but. Yeah, one of the games this week doesn't have a line, the Rutgers-Indiana game. Uh, yeah, and you could probably find one somewhere, but yeah, we like to keep it pretty consistent. Don't want to go searching on different websites for different lines because then it would just be weird. Get all our lines from the same source and uh um yeah so hopefully we do well i don't actually have a single bet this weekend yet i don't think i'd touch on any of these games this week to be completely honest with you they're pretty i don't know maybe the iowa minnesota game i might bet on in real life but the rest of them i wouldn't touch with the 10 foot pole yeah there's some weird ones here maybe michigan just because that's basically almost to a pick them yeah and if they lose it would just be funny so hey, you know no. you win yeah, money. It's or... a double. It's a du- it's a double. There you go. Right. They lose and you win. It's money, a letdown so. game. They just had a giant victory last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big win against Indiana. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, I guess that's it for now. Uh, we've got um, some Spartan basketball, some Spartan football to watch. This is the best time of the year. I mean, it really is. Um, Weather is still kind of nice in East Lansing. Yeah, uh, well, do you know what the fifties? It's in the fifties day. It's supposed to be shitty out on uh, Saturday. I think. Let me look. Make sure. I know it's supposed to be bad. Uh, yeah, my parents are coming for that game, so that'll be you know good time. Uh, yeah, forty high of forty three Saturday. So gonna be. Uh, got to bring the hand warmers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, to his little brother. Um, he better be ready <laughs> to throw in the cold. I I'm sure he's played in the cold before, but I know that they're Hawaiian, right? Yeah, and he played in Alabama, so there you there nasty you nasty little game. Um, this could be one of his nastiest in terms of weather. So look for that. Maybe take a prop on the under. I don't know, something like that. Um, stay warm and go green. Go white. Welcome back to Everything is Upside Down. Let the carnage and the chaos continue. Another top five team goes down. Big L, rest in peace. You know, we're not, you know, we're not going to, you know, blame the officials or anything like that. I don't even want to be around anymore. The great dad fans back in the stands. The energy in here is amazing. It feels so good. I don't want to be around anymore. Oh, boy. That is not going to make Tom Izzo happy at all.